Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. College basketball getting off to a start, I guess we could say. Uh, Michigan State going down to JMU. I, I mean, listen, it's <laughs> it's very early in the season, but when you get little surprises like that, guys, we're watching it last night during Monday Night Football going, wait, is this, is this, oh, Oh, this is... It's one thing if it's JMU football. It's another thing if it's James Madison basketball. Maybe JMU is just a monster now. I mean... Maybe they're just the new blue chip program on the block. Powerhouse yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, like, you see that every once in a while where a team will hang in there for the first half, and then you kind of just expect Michigan State to get themselves yeah. right because they're a top-five team. But uh, that's what I love about college basketball, man. There's a lot of parity now, obviously. You know what I mean? Kind of kind of what I it's expected. A lot different. Expected it to turn around, and then Michigan State go, oh, that's cute, and then, like, you know, hold them out like a little brother where they're swinging their arms by their forehead and saying just keep swinging your arms guys we're gonna win this but in in the end wasn't the case so all right when is college basketball season yes real quick on yes. jmu they're having a moment if uh-huh. i can gloat as a proud dad oh, that's a kid who goes there jmu's men's soccer team beat number one ucf a couple oh, nights that's right. wow really huge trista huge Football nine and zero, oh, making noise, making waves. They should yeah, be in a bowl put game. Put in a bowl game. Should be in a bowl game. Do the right thing. They want to eat scumbags. Somebody's table. And today, the university released a letter saying, "Hey, NCAA, we we understand the two year thing, but we're growing by leaps and bounds. Women's soccer at large for that tournament, and then men's basketball beat number four. They were, I think, sixteen and a half dogs, as you may have pointed out already. Mm-hmm. Sparty goes one for twenty from deep Oof. and shoots sixty two percent, which is not an ISO calling card." That, those teams, his teams, this guy's usually nail free yep. throws. Pretty terrible. Hashtag go Dukes. Hey, Hashtag listen. hate to see it. I got some love for the Dukes. My wife went there, so it's good. My Woo. aunt went there. I got I got some family from James Madison. There's a little something there, but in the end, back in the day, they were they were conference rivals, guys, of my George Mason Patriots when they were in the CAA. In the end, uh, JMU football, whole lot better. Whole lot better than what Mason has, but apparently basketball, too. And when it's college basketball season, our buddy Jim Root jumps on with us. Three-man weave, field of 68, good to talk to you. Good to have you back. That means we got college basketball season starting now. And what do you make of what happened last night, James Madison, and what happened against uh, Michigan State? Yeah, first of all, guys, great to be on. Uh, I'm sorry we don't get to look at each other's smiling faces. <laughs> uh, I'm jealous that you get that, you know. Maybe next time we'll get it all straightened out and we can we can get it through the. We hope. Uh, oh God, Jim! It would be here. so nice if technology worked for us. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. All I'm gonna right? say. Oh, we'll man. see. <laughs> oh I, well, you know, I, I'm sure Michigan State was was hoping that their veterans worked a little better last night. It was pretty much the Tyson Walker show for them, and, and that was you know I'll get to James Madison in a second, but that was concerning for me. You know, the big thing with Michigan State was they bring everybody back except Joey Hauser. They should be able to kind of hit the ground running. And we saw the defense look terrible in the exhibition game against Tennessee. Now, I know that's exhibition. It doesn't officially count. But it was basketball that was televised. And then you follow that up with a, a loss of a big double-digit home favorite against James Madison. It's just a little bit concerned. You know, Malik Hall, A.J. Hogard, just kind of giving the ball to Tyson Walker and standing around seemed like they just weren't quite ready for the moment. Uh, Michigan State upside really hinges on if they get the fracture. Incorporated and they did not do that yesterday. Xavier Booker barely played. Jeremy Fears barely played. Uh, Cohen Carr looked good. It's hard to, hard to keep him off the floor with his athleticism. But yeah, Michigan State has some some issues to work out. I feel like that's kind of a, a consistent Thomas Hill thing. He doesn't want to peek in, uh, in in November anyways. Now James Madison, really impressive team. Um, they've kind of been known for getting up and down, and being really deep in the past under Mark Byington. But they got some real star performances yesterday. 
Uh, Terrence Edwards was terrific. Michael Green made some great, great passes down the stretch. I think it says a little more about Michigan State and where they should be right now. But, man, James Madison already putting people on notice for uh, if they get a 12 next to their names in March, people are going to remember this one and, and probably pick them as a popular <laughs> upset come the, the big dance. And you're right, because Michigan State last year, even in the Phil Knight Invitational, did not look good. They That offense can look really, really stagnant. Uh, same thing happened, though, I think, last year with UNC. UNC was ranked number one overall, and we saw them play one or two games uh, in the Phil Knight Invitational. We knew, oh, yeah, that's that's a bad ranking. That's just not <laughs> – they, they are not it. Jim, if you had to guess, who is this year's UNC? Oh, team that just, like, really underwhelms? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, you know, I think Florida Atlantic got that reputation just because it was the same thing, like the nine seed that runs to the Final Four and then and has you know, kind of the disappointing season to follow up on that. Um, I, Gonzaga would have been, if they were in a power conference and had the, the potential to, to drop a bunch of games, I just don't really trust their defense. But looking at, you know, some of the top teams and ones that could really struggle and maybe not meet expectations. I think Alabama is somebody that I'm a little concerned about. They had a great opener yesterday. Can't take anything away from them. They're 1-0 against the spread. Shout out to the Tide. But um, their, their best three players are mid-major transfers. Uh, their top scorer yesterday, Grant Nelson, uh, is a seven-footer from North Dakota State. That you know the, the physicality and the athleticism of stepping up to the SEC eventually catch up to him a little bit. I just have a little bit of concern with them. Uh, Nate Oates' teams tend to have like an on-again, off-again relationship with defense by season. Mm-hmm. And they were elite defensively last year, didn't look good defensively last night. I think there's a chance this team dips a little bit on that end, especially given some of the, the mid-major caliber personnel. Uh, and if, that, if they don't clean that up, that could be a, a long-term flaw and lead to them drifting down as a really, really competitive SEC. Jim, usually I like to stay away from big favorites the first couple weeks of the season, but I'm tempted to play some Iowa tonight. Now, they're 20.5-point favorites at BetMGM against North Dakota. The game tips off in about 33 minutes. Do you like anything, or would you do anything with Iowa? What do you think about them this season in the Big Ten? Yeah, I, in the Big Ten, I'm a little skeptical, but these are the love Iowa. They, they are a home-run, big home favorite under Fran McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, I think in their last 10 games, the 15-point home favorite, they're 9-1 against the spread. The only one they did not cover was right around Christmas last year. They were injured. They kind of slept walking. They lost out right to Eastern Illinois as a 30-point favorite. But the nine games before that, they, they love to torch teams. They've got a super potent offense, kind of typical of Fran McCaffrey. don't play a ton of defense. Uh, but they just they know how to blitz these teams. They're motivated. I think McCaffrey kind of stays on them all throughout the second half. They don't really let up. Uh, in, in the last 20 games as a 15-point home favorite, they're 16-4 and against the spread, and the over is 16-3-1. and Like, they, they just score. They're, they're probably going to put up 90 or close to 100, um, and North Dakota is going to try to run with them, but I don't think that's going to go well. So, yeah, I'm – I'm on Iowa, and I think that's probably the smart bet with the, the way McCaffrey goes about his business in these five games. Talking to Jim Root, BetMGM tonight. Uh, what do you think of the very early returns that we've gotten from uh, Isaiah Collier, that USC freshman? A lot of hype, number one recruit in a lot of different uh, rankings there. And what do you think of USC in general? Yeah, I, I was a little skeptical, and in full disclosure, I was on Kansas State last night and got, got that handed to me, a, a big old L. Uh, but USC typically... In like eight of Andy Enfield's years at USC, he's landed between like 45th and 55th on Ken Palm. It's just kind of where he is and lives. 
had one year where they were above that and one year where they were below that. Now, the year they were above it was because they had Evan Mobley, a special top-five NBA mm-hmm. draft type of talent, and now you give them Isaiah Collier, who might be that exact same kind of thing. You know, not the, not the same player, obviously, but he looked terrific last night. Just the size, the physicality, the ability to score, but also a very, very willing passer. And they've got some guys that can finish plays, and then Boogie Ellis can shoot. A bunch of athletic big men that make it really hard to score inside. So, yeah, their length combined with having a backcourt combination with Collier and Ellis, I think gives them pretty high upside. And if they get Bronny James back, who's a knockdown shooter, really, really good on-ball defender, suddenly that team starts to look impressive and, and maybe they can kind of get to the heights of, of the, I think it was the 2021 team that had Evan Mobley and, and made it to the Elite Eight. was just about to ask you about Bronny. When do you think we actually see him on the court? And how impactful do you think he's going to be? I think it was Dave McMenamin from ESPN last night that tweeted, like, LeBron said he's got a doctor appointment closer to the end of this month, and they're hoping that goes well, and then he can get back on the court uh, practicing. So maybe something like mid-December, and they ease him in as they get into Christmas and hopefully get him on the the floor come conference play. I think he's going to be super impactful, and maybe not in the way that people – Expect like oh you're you're le- related to LeBron you're going to light up the scoreboard and be kind of the standout star uh, on that team he doesn't need to be with, with the way Collier and Ellis can score and the way the front court is, is so productive inside I, I think he's just going to be another shutdown defender uh, a shot maker that spaces the floor and if he's willing to embrace that role as, as more like the the third banana on the perimeter I, I think that could really weaponize that USC offense and and make them tough to deal with on the stretch or you know later in the year because good backcourts win in March, and they, they certainly could have one if Bronny gets incorporated into that team. I'm looking at the conference futures. Is there anything that you like? I'm looking at the SEC, and, I mean, Tennessee is the favorite at 3-1, to one, and then it's Texas A&M 5-1, to one, Florida at 6-1, to one, Kentucky 6-1. to one. That's kind of crazy to see. Uh, anything that you've played or anything that you like that's still available? Uh, in the SEC, I, I think Arkansas is a really good bet. Um, yeah. The fact that they're not even in that top four is kind of jarring to me. Um Part of it is that Eric Musselman's success has typically come in the postseason where he runs to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, um, and, and, and typically has had kind of a swoon in early January that has derailed their SEC contention. But this team is really experienced. There's a lot of veterans on it. They don't really go, they have a couple of good freshmen, but they don't need them. They've got like nine other transfers and returners that are rock solid. So I think that should make them a little less prone to that swoon uh, that has come in the past. And with that depth, they've got a little more shooting. Traymond Mark, the Houston transfer, and Caleb Battle from Temple gave them, I think, seven made threes last night. That's kind of what they were missing last year. You add that to the athleticism that they typically always have, the size. I think Trevon Brazil is an NBA prospect. He's back from an ACL tear mm-hmm. last year. Um, I think Arkansas has got really high upside and, and could make a, a serious run in the SEC. Talking to Jim Root, BetMGM tonight. All right, let's look at the futures market here. Kansas is the favorite, 10-1 to 1 to win the t- national title. Purdue, well, we know Purdue lets us down every single year, so I would just say probably stay away from them. At 11-1, to 1, any team that you like early on to maybe win the national title or maybe more of a long shot you think we should maybe sprinkle in on? Yeah, my pick is Duke, so I know that's kind of boring and, and they're very high up in the odds. It, the, the, I, I, the one I picked to be the runner-up at the start of the year, though, is Creighton. Uh, they're they're tipping off later tonight as like a 35 point favorite, but you put them, you know, 30 to one. I think that's kind of the price that's generally out there. I just love the way they're constructed. 
Uh, they lost Ryan Nemhard to the portal, Arthur Kaluman to the portal. But there were some whispers that maybe they had some locker room stuff last year. People didn't totally get along. And I think losing Kaluma actually ends up being a net benefit for them. And they brought in Stephen Ashworth, a guy from Utah State that made 123s for a, a, a NCAA tournament team. And you add that to Trey Alexander, he gets a little more playmaking responsibility now without Nemhard. Baylor Shireman's a, a very versatile wing. And then Kalkbrenner is just like the, the heartbeat of that team. Dominates the paint on both ends. McDermott was never really known for having good defenses until Kalkbrenner came along. And now they're just dominant at the rim uh, with, with him in there. I think Creighton's got really high upside. I think they're a little better than last year. And they were, you know, like a, a bucket away from going to the Final Four. So the Blue Jays, I think, are, are a future team worth taking a shot on right now. And the team that knocked them off, San Diego State, I wanted to get your thoughts on. 25th ranked right now in Ken Palm. They still have some of those same guys like Lamont Butler. What do you think they can be, and is there other you know, mid-major sleepers that we should be watching early? Uh, Trista, I feel like you're coming after all my, my losses last night. I, I backed <laughs> Cal State Fullerton, and they were down two at halftime, and then they, they got absolutely smashed in the second half. And that was eye-opening for me, uh, what, what San Diego State did there. I was maybe a little skeptical, especially with Darian Trammell, the, the returning point card. He, he didn't play last night, but they looked terrific. Uh, a lot more offensive juice than I thought they had. They got some, some made threes from Micah Parrish and Reese Waters, the transfer from USC. And Dutcher, their coach, is just such a good defensive tactician. Um, I, I thought losing Nathan Mensa, the anchor of their defenses, would, would hurt them. But, man, they completely shut down Fortune in that second half. Uh, so I think they're probably the best team in the Mountain West again. Um, I, I could see them getting something similar as last year, like kind of a 5-6-7 seed and going to be really, really tough out in the postseason because they defend and they've got some pretty star play. You mentioned Butler. He obviously hit that big shot at the Final Four. Uh, they, they are they are tough. They are physical, and they've got seemingly enough offense to to make some noise again. Uh, Jim, we got about sixty seconds before we let you go. I have to ask you about I guess the biggest game of the night: Purdue, Fort Wayne, and DePaul. No <laughs> kidding. Uh, Auburn, Baylor, uh, Baylor, one and a half point dog now, and the total is one forty seven and a half. Anything you like in this game? Hey, I'm in Chicago. We're playing possessed with DePaul basketball, but no, uh, Auburn <laughs> Baylor. I, I think there's going to be points. I think this game gets up and down. I think the shooting backdrop in this, uh, the Pentagon and Sioux Falls, where this is being played, is really, really solid. And you add that to two teams that have pretty good guard play, guys that can score. I think there's going to be some made shots and some tempo. So I know it's been bet up a little bit in the market, but you know, up around 147 and a half, even even 148, I think is okay. Uh, I think we see a lot of points in that one and gives us that entertaining game that everybody's kind of craving between two high major, likely NCAA tournament teams. Jim Root, three-man weave, field of 68. Great to talk to you again, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I know it's early. Like, college basketball Psych. always sneaks up on you, but then you just kind of, like, get immersed in it. You yep. know? I love Psych. it. It happens nothing, very quickly. Nothing gets the, gets the gears going like a 19-year-old missing some free throws <laughs> that cost me a couple units oh, on a Wednesday God. night. One of the worst, though. Late game management in college basketball. Not great, it's, Bob. It's, uh, yeah, it's tough. So is Aaron Rodgers the Jets' knight in shining armor? Could, maybe? Hmm. Would even matter after what we saw last night. Bet oh. MGM tonight.